It's a film with three brains. 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 From the director of Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Adam and Barbara are... Ghosts. What's the good of being a ghost if you can't frighten people away? Their house is being haunted by the living. Maybe the house could use a little remodeling. And they can't scare them into leaving. They're dead. It's a little late to be neurotic. So they're calling on Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Who's no ordinary ghost. Yeah! You don't want his help. Can you be scary? What do you think of this? Now, the party's over. You want somebody out of the house. I want to get somebody out of your house. <laughs> but the fun has just begun. It's showtime. Learn to throw your voice for your friends. Fun party. Not bad. This is amazing. Want a cigarette? Oh, no, thank you. Oh, yeah, here I come, baby. He's guaranteed to put some life... Attention, King Workshoppers. ...in your afterlife. Michael Keaton is Beetlejuice. I'm the ghost with the most, babe. Hello. You have reached the film with three brains. I am Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey. And this is Sean in Chicago. And Sam in San Francisco. Leave your message after the tone. I, I, thought, I thought you were gonna you were gonna say. I forgot who's doing this movie times. again. I was like, wait a minute, is Sam starting? Uh, welcome to this episode in which we will be discussing Beetlejuice from uh, what was that? Nineteen eighty nine. Eight. Eighty eight. Eighty eight. Oh, I was so close. Uh, Tim Burton film starring Michael Keaton. Uh, Winona Ryder, Gina Davis, and Alec Baldwin, and a couple other people. Uh, yes, yeah, so I don't know if a synopsis is really necessary. Has anybody in the universe not seen Beetlejuice? If they haven't, they should. Yeah, it's, a good, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, who, anyway. who is Beetlejuice? What, what do you mean? Well, I mean, who's the, who's the titular character? If you Well, yeah, you're right. If you haven't seen it... Then, yeah, never mind. All right, well, but I'll, then I'm going to care about Michael Keaton. <laughs> Nobody knows who Michael Keaton is right now. When's the last time anybody talked about Michael Keaton? Are you serious? He's around. Yeah. I think he's, he's kidding, right? Okay. You're kidding, right? No. What is, seriously. No, no. he's had, he's he's had, had right movies. Now? He's had a total reconnaissance yeah. the last couple of years, ever since Birdman came out. He's he's Batman. No, see that's the thing is he did he did Birdman and then and he's been doing stuff ever since. He you he's know about new, he's in the new yeah. Flash playing he's Batman. He's in the new Flash playing Batman. Really? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. But the Flash hasn't come out yet, so you guys are just Didn't nerds it, reading. It coming out tomorrow. <laughs> fair, enough, fair enough. Guilty as charged. All yeah. Right. No. He, so also you're right. dope he was, sick, and he's he's been doing tons of stuff. Mm-hmm. Winning he's awards Vulture and, and yeah, that, Spider-Man that Homecoming. McDonald's movie, Ray, whatever the hell. Oh, the founder. Yeah, that's a while yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about Beetlejuice. All right, all right, okay, here's a brief synopsis for the, the 12-year-old out there who's watching, listening. Uh, a nice uh, young couple with no children live in a giant Victorian-style house in Connecticut, and they're on a staycation, and they run into their hardware store in town, and they fall off a bridge and die. Mm-hmm. Then they are trapped in their house as ghosts with a family from New York who are annoying, and uh, they bought the house and moved in, and they're changing everything, so the couple wants to get rid of them. They can't. They don't know how. They try, but they fail, and so they summon a ghost bio-exorcist who's all bad news named Beetlejuice, and he wreaks havoc in their afterlives. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, that's... Right? That's, that I mean, was that's, nice. That's, the broad, that's yeah. the broad strokes. Uh, Winona Ryder plays the daughter who can see the ghostly couple because she herself is... What is it? Strange. 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 It's a little redundant, yes. but that's all right. Um, anyway, so Beetlejuice, go. <laughs> I hate it every second. No. Uh, can we start with when did we first see this movie? Because sure. I'm really curious what Sam In remembers. the theater. In the yeah? theater. You know, yeah. you remember, right? Oh, yeah. No, but I mean, do you, Sam, do you remember watching it in the theater? 
like with me no okay <laughs> like <laughs> tell me more all right is there so something I re- <laughs> so we went to market square and i still can't believe this is pg by the way i couldn't believe that because he, he drops an f-bomb in there yeah he does and it's you know it's a sub anyway we get to that um we watched this movie and then we <clears throat> had a little discount and and uh we had a little time to kill when we went and watched Fox and the Hound right after that. <laughs> oh, that was our double up. For that was that. the double up. Because I remember watching the Fox and the Hound with you, and I yeah. don't remember what was the other movie. Yeah, I, we, yeah, we just. What an interesting double crap. feature. <laughs> I don't know why I remember those two together, but I mean, it just, you know. Yeah, so I, we, I assume we loved it immediately and. Yeah, I wish you I love, could remember. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, this is one of my favorite movies. I mean, I think for, as far as rewatchable movies from the time period we review, this is definitely in top 10 for me. Um, it's, you know, I don't know how many times I've seen it, not as many as Star Wars, but a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm, I Well, I subject all my nieces and nephews to watching this or Pee Wee Herman. You know, they're both big adventure you mean yeah exactly (laughs) yeah which is the reason this exists really yeah apparently they called tim burton a bankable star i was like what bankable all right hmm yeah yeah yeah. this was fun to read about because obviously know the movie forward and backwards like i still anytime i meet someone whose name is charles like which is, all the time I'm like we've come for your daughter Chuck. like it's in the back of my head like every time you know i can i and, the only way i can say the words shall we are shall we <laughs> so, yeah. it's yeah it's great yeah so anyway yes uh it's it's hard to review it because I'm like, okay, how can I be picky about it? So I was like, okay, I'm going to s- search out and see what people said who didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Oh. And what I realized is, I think I've said this a long time ago, like maybe a hundred reviews ago, where I said like the sweet spot for me for Rotten Tomatoes might be somewhere around 70%, like 75. Like if a movie's 99, like of course we're going to like it. Everybody's going to like it. But somewhere around 70, 75 is a movie that I love that a lot of people just raise an eyebrow at. And, mm-hmm. and it's not all of the 70s, 75s, but there's like the quirky ones that I really like, you know, <laughs> like Swiss Army Man or Donnie Darko or whatever. They're not for everyone, clearly, but... I was just imagining... Enough. Yeah, I was imagining Cohen's sweet spot, 45%. <laughs> <laughs> this is. I think it's, it's I think it's 64%. I think it's a horror movie at 64 yeah. is one of your sweet spots. Is... I say 64% because that's Hot Rod's uh, audience score. <laughs> and I think that movie fucking rules. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm the elitist that only likes 80% and above. Jeez. Which is not, not true. Not true. But right. I, I do I do kind of skew my... Anyway, yeah. So That's interesting that you... Yeah. Speaking of nitpicking, so yeah, I mean, Beatles is awesome. It's so funny. I love it. I I can't believe anyone dislikes it. It's just so bizarre. How could what's to what like what's okay. wrong? What's wrong with you if you don't like so, it? But let me go through some. Oh, I okay. hear no, you. no, no, you okay, go. go. Okay, no, you go first. Well, I was just gonna say, um, I haven't seen it in its entirety in many many years, but it's so memorable that. It feels like I watched the whole thing a week ago when I was watching it for this. Yeah. And I hadn't yeah. seen it in years. Nothing. I, I could remember every single funny line, every like every facial expression, you know, every sound that Michael <laughs> Keaton makes, every voice he uses. Like I could remember them oh all as they were coming and I was like laughing ahead of the joke. Yep. And, uh, That's a you good know, sign. It's just awesome. Yeah. It's so fun. to, and it's, and it's so short, too. It's just like, boom, it's over. You're like, oh, God damn. Um, anyway, uh, and, but, uh, but what I found myself doing was thinking of thinking about it in a, on a much sort of deeper level and sort of considering things I never did before in terms of like constructive criticism. So I'll leave it hmm. at that. I'm okay. curious what you think. So I also having seen it so many times was trying to be like, okay, how can I scrutinize this? And like I said, it was really hard. So I went and looked at people's complaints like roger ebert only gave this two stars yeah i yeah. read his review i was gonna go there and too. 
<laughs> you know, and so you can like saying that Keaton is not, you know, is nearly unrecognizable because he's got so much makeup on. Like that's not really a criticism. Like <laughs> that's, that's just yeah. that's that's makeup. That's a movie. He's a dead guy who, you know, um it's fine. You know, saying he doesn't show up is as much as you want, you know, which I don't think was his thing. I think he didn't really care for the antics so much. Um, but yeah, that's a weird for the rest of us, we actually don't get to see Beetlejuice into pretty far in the movie. It's yeah. a 90 minute movie and you don't get to see him till like minute 30 or 32 or something like that. Like it takes a while to get to actual Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but at the same time, everything that's going on, like as as a kid this to me was one of the like movies that that i felt like i was seeing what i have been looking for ever since which is just <laughs> a movie that's so wildly creative mm-hmm. that doesn't fit like you can you could try to break it down and say oh it's about you know accepting death or whatever you want to try to say it's about it doesn't matter because it's about people who died and they have a handbook about how to exist in the afterlife <laughs> and all this other crazy stuff. Like, it's yeah. just, there's nothing remotely like this. It would seem like the movie you would make if you made movies. Oh, I would love to make this movie, you know, <laughs> like this, this, if I could, like that would be it. And I love the idea of the book, you know, I think I've mentioned that before too, like the Babadook and the book and mm-hmm. all these things. I, I love the, you know, having that as a talisman. Um, but yeah, so watching this, it's like, okay, what, you know, what what can you really hate, you know? And people said, oh, you know, Roger Ebert was, there's there's too much slapstick. It's too silly. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Yeah. This is exactly what it's supposed to be, though. Like, because he creates, I, and obviously I'm biased because I already said I loved it. But I think if you're going to use, if you're going to use claymation in, or stop motion uh, effects and... You in other like if you're gonna put this all together like the slapstick fits in like if you're gonna have a little guy in a model in your right. attic you know like of course you have to once you start going that route for the look of this movie you have to have some silliness in it there's right. no way you could use those effects or that type of setup and have it like if you were gonna make it a true horror movie which is what this the script started out as you couldn't have those types of side effects you know yeah, yeah. or side effects yeah especially so when he says effects, you know side effects it it preserved if he would have he would have preferred uh ebert would have preferred the sweet romanticism and cut back on the slaps like wait, wait a minute so it, it it seems like ebert just doesn't like getting fooled when he's watching a certain kind of movie and, has, yeah. and then it turns into another kind of movie it also sounded like he liked the first hour of it so exactly. much he just right. couldn't could you it get just on board lost with all the changes it, when it took the shift. But yeah. for me, I, I feel like it picks that, up. That setup is perfect for when yeah. Michael Keaton finally comes in. I wish, I honestly, I wish Michael Keaton had come in earlier. But Roger Ebert's not wrong. Like it's good. It's still good before Michael Keaton ever comes in. It's still a really good movie. It's super charming, right? And all the all the performances are great. You know, everyone's firing on all cylinders, and like they're capturing that lightning in a bottle and it's, and it's really great and, it, and to me it just gets way better when, <laughs> when michael keaton yeah. comes in no it's true like when you up to that moment where like when alec baldwin's like i don't think we survived you know like you're already in like you didn't even yeah. need him yeah. you didn't need betelgeuse and then the idea of like you know draw a door and then you have juno and all this the caseworker and mm-hmm. all this stuff like you had all that magical Tim Burton craziness without without Beetlejuice going on. Like it was still going to be a successful movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, the whole setup and stuff. I mean, I I forgot. Well, you know, you 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 think you've seen it so many times, you can't be surprised. But I I guess I think it's both that I've seen like you know halfway through, and you and you know you keep watching it. So you tend to see the end of the movie, the Michael Keaton parts more, but also the beginning, like <clears throat> the setup of, you know, um, the real estate agent saying, oh, well, oh, I'm sorry, dear. You know, it's like you're trying to have kids and you mm-hmm. don't have a family yet. And then you, if you think about that, that is kind of the, the, I, I don't know. I mean, them becoming a family altogether 
at the end kind of yeah. resolves that beginning, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. um, I mean, it's not, it's not super important, but it's still there. So, I mean, that's what I would say to Ebert. It's like, it's, it's still there. I mean, you know, <laughs> come on, you know, what are you, yeah. you, you what are you afraid of <laughs> having too much fun being too silly in a movie? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's fun. The it's just thing fun. That, it's fun. One of the things that, cause you watch this movie for all the silliness that goes on, um, but also trying to watch it this time, I realized how well all the other actors yeah. are. Like the, yeah. how, like Catherine O'Hara is perfectly scripted. <laughs> like not only does she do a great job acting, but she like just her as a character that that kind of stereotypic New York artist who's high strung, <laughs> and even her comments like. You know, you can't be neurotic. You're dead. Or it's too late to be neurotic. You're dead. You know, like she, like she's like, you know, putting herself into, you know, onto the ghosts and mm-hmm. all this stuff. Like this, so much of that is just so absolutely perfect. Like Jeffrey Jones, <laughs> too. It's like it's. I'm like, this isn't a movie where, where you know, thank God, t- you know, Tim Burton had had Michael Keaton in it to save the day. You know, it's like everybody was a really well-defined character who who played their part you know I think yeah. perfectly yeah uh, i i like angelica houston but i can't believe that she would have been better than Catherine o'hara she seems to um she doesn't seem to contrast well enough right angelica houston she seems to sort of fit in with the sort of lydia Ghost yeah, she's too much life stuff. Yeah, uh-huh. like she, she doesn't. It just doesn't seem like it would work as well. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting seeing the, the who the other people would have been. You know, especially for for Lydia. So I'm like Sarah Jessica Parker. You know, Brooke Shields. Like I just <laughs> don't see that. You know, maybe yeah. Molly Ringwald. Yeah. You know, Justine Bateman. <laughs> Justine Bateman is not going to cut it. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, Jennifer. Yeah, they said Alyssa Milano was the runner-up. I was like, eh, maybe, but it's like she went to Ben Lat. She would have definitely not had the line, "My whole life is one dark room." You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know like it just she couldn't have sold that to me in my mind at, at that age. <laughs> so. My my nitpicks are are pretty minor, and That's they're not entire and they're not entirely specific. There's a couple of specifics, but they're all related. And it's my my biggest nitpick about this is that the rules of the world they've set up don't they lack sort of consistency or coherence. Mm-hmm. And by that I mean like throughout the movie, you know, saying his his name three times, you know, summons him. And then the first time they summon him, she, they end up inside this model. Says, we don't know home, how. Home, home. Yeah. And she says, home, home, home. And it gets him out. And even Alec Baldwin's like, how'd you do that? And she's like, I don't know. And they never revisit. And then, like, even though she already summoned <coughs> him and Juno tells them that they let the genie out of the bottle and now they need to put him back, mm-hmm. Lydia summons him again which doesn't make any sense if he's well, already been summoned yeah and they never explain how you can put the genie back in the bottle and when the movie ends they triumph over him in a completely yes. nonsensical way yeah like she rides a sandworm from saturn through the ceiling like hey <laughs> why saturn b what the fuck are sandworms c what sandworms <laughs> yeah. like how yeah. I agree with like, half of that. I say, like, I think the sandworm is crazy, but yeah. and I was think I was like I like make the, the idea point. of it, but it's a little underexplained. Well, sure. I mean, you know? but if I mean, what? How far can you really go and explain? Didn't it say somewhere that there was that that originally it was going to be all kinds of like there there are no real rules once you go outside of this how this break this barrier, time and space are all unraveling and something like that. That would be great if they that said was like this. the original something simple like yeah. that. So I'd, they're kind of tied. I would have accepted it. Screenplay. But to not address it, I found a little annoying. But I will, but I will counter that too because I was thinking the same thing when she said "home, home." I'm like, wait a minute. She says that, and then, and then he, then they scare 
them unsuccessfully and then he's like let me show you what i can do and then he and then he you know does the snake and the whole thing mm-hmm. but it but and then gina davis says beetlejuice three times and and undoes what she did you know like he's he's basically confined to the um the model and originally it was like there was no to say his name three times it was just the only thing you had to do was exhume him from his grave and then he's loose upon the living world so how many times so but is, they, his, but, is his name said three times well that's what i'm saying i think it i thought was, it was i think it's 12 or you know like four times right so on and so, off by so it just, it's Davis. like a light switch you say yeah. he shows up you say it, he yeah. disappears the home was an anomaly i think that's just like okay that got him that got them away from the initial meeting and they you know the way they got him out of the model or, you know, that's, that was the, the greeting or whatever, but otherwise there's on off and then there's on off again at the end, you know, with the mouth and the zipper and the whole thing. Yeah. But they never say it. They never say it a third time though, right? No, no. Instead the sandworm thing happens. But you can see what, but they've established that rule so we can break the rule. I guess. I suppose. I know what you're saying, and I agree with it in the sandworm stuff. I feel like that's always a I'm, bit weird I, to me. Like I, but. I'm, I'm, a, I, I'm always annoyed when things are not explained well. So I'm always a little touchy about it. Like, yeah, I like it when things are really well thought out when they're explained. If you're going to explain something like this, or like, what, 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 what's the example? Oh, uh, um, uh, us is a great example. Like, yeah. I love us until he starts explaining things. And then it loses me because it's ridiculous. Like, it's hard to follow. I don't understand what the fuck is going on. It's like, I'd rather you just don't try. If you're not going to nail it, don't try. Yeah, I agree. And it's like, and so when I see a movie like um, Inception, it just like blows my mind how well thought out it is. Like he establishes all these incredibly detailed rules and then sticks to it. And tells yeah. this expansive and interesting story that adheres to the rules he's created. Tooth and nail. And I fucking yeah. love that. So, like, if you're going to explain it, you got to nail it. And if you're not, then don't do it. Don't even try. Just leave it, you know. Now, this, I don't know if this really counts. Either way. Well, so, like, there's you know, the, cause like, the, there's wedding, not a, the yeah. wedding thing is, like, is sort of the same way. It's like, he, he's like, I don't make the rules, you know. But I, right. he has to marry. And originally, it was just he would. Originally, he would just wanted to have sex with her in the original screenplay or something. So they fortunately changed yes. that to this weird but, marriage contract, which made more sense. You know that he would. I, it, he doesn't even say what that means, right? What is? But you can imagine, like, hey, he, he gets a living woman. He wants to be out forever. Right? That, that was Somehow permanent. Out. Release yeah. that. That yeah. So it's that's implied. It doesn't need to be explained. Not a really big deal. But, you know. I don't think that's that's a yeah. You couldn't let that slip though. There's no way Juno could be like, and whatever you do, don't let him marry your little girl. You know, like (laughs) like, that would have never. Yeah. Right. Right. So, but it's it's implied because it sounds fairy tale like. You know, if you marry the prince, you're going to be whatever. You you know, like it it. We can easily make that jump, but having her ride the sandworm, which we only know is something that will kill you. Um, uh, that's in, in right. having it come through the house instead of through the door and all this. She does fend, fend him off. Like I mean, there are, there are, I mean, if the, you, re- yeah, you know, if you, if you look, you sort of watch, watch Gina Davis's character throughout the movie. She clearly has something like special about her. You know, she mm-hmm. punches the sandworm and like, yeah. makes, like you just said, uh, she does the home, home, home. And Alec Baldwin's like, how'd you do that? And then, you know, rides a fucking sandworm through the roof of their house. Like there's something going on right. with her, but they don't ever say what or even or even really make any allusions to it other than those moments. Yeah, you're yeah. right. I mean, if there was a little thing, you know, the guy pushing the broom where they're looking for Juno's room says, hey, it's the afterlife. You can do whatever you want, you know, like. Something that makes her right. figure something out that, right. that you know, because if Beetlejuice can do all these crazy things, why can't anyone else? Because he's, I mean, he's essentially a magician. Right. You know. So, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, I mean, I, there are no rules in the afterlife. You've heard it here. You heard it first. That's and there's my, also, yeah. That's my bumper sticker. There's no <laughs> rules in the afterlife. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Um, there also comes a point where it just all of a sudden 
uh, people can see all the ghosts. You know, like all of them, everything. Yeah. People can see them. And I know well, they said it, normally it, it, people usually don't see them not or won't see them, not that they can't, right. but then there's never like. You I mean, mean when Otho does wait, the ceremony? When Otho does the thing and they become yeah. bodies, that's yeah. different. Yeah, but yeah, then Beetlejuice them. just shows up and everything he does they can see. Oh, well, he's an expert. I guess. Yeah, know, he knows how to project. He, I think he knows how to project himself to the living. That's a good point, though. I never really thought about, oh, he's dead too. Why can they see him? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. All right, you're right. This movie sucks. This movie's terrible. <laughs> what is Piece going on? Shit. We should have watched Rooftops. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I think, you know, you can just say Tim Burton wanted to make a sandworm, you know, coming out of a sandworm sure. kind of thing. He, you know, that's, none, that's none his of, thing. By he the way, that. none of this, none of this affects my opinion of the movie at all. Right. Really. Right. Or the, you know, the choir. It, it doesn't really is. affect your capacity to enjoy it. Right. It's like everything else is so damn good. You're just looking for something to poke a hole in just to see if you can. Right. That's what we do. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, that's yeah. all we do. <laughs> that's I don't we know do. that we have anything else. That's our shtick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, when we review Star Wars, it's going to be a bash fest. Yeah. <laughs> we might actually get letters. <laughs> well, I thought we it was get letters. funny how that Tim Burton wanted to hire this Anton First guy as for production designer, uh, production designer, because he did Full Metal Jacket stuff like that, and this guy was doing High Spirits. <laughs> I'm I'm betting money that Cohen knows this movie called High Spirits. Sure, I know it. <laughs> Steve Gutenberg, Daryl Hannah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought it was like yeah, the fantasy movie about the afterlife, you know, comedy. It's it's similar, yeah. but no one knows who that movie is, nor probably should, because it's crap. Yeah. And the guy regrets it too. But, you know, that's, I think that, we're, you know, he went to this Bo Welsh guy and he, that's the guy he did Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns, you know, so they yeah. had, it's just funny that that. You pass on something and you regret it like that. Because I think production design is a pretty big part of this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, not just the brain of and the sensibility of Tim Burton, but like somebody has to make all these things. You know, like it, the very end when she has the sculpture of the Beetlejuice snake, you know, like somebody made that, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. Yeah, I like that stuff. I want to know where all that stuff went. Yeah. Can you imagine having one of the sculptures that... Oh, yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Oh, it's a sculpture from Beetlejuice. I have been losing money on This is my art and years. it is dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think I want to die like this? You're a flake dealio. Yeah. <laughs> that, I didn't realize that was Dick There's... Cavett saying as yeah. her agent. Yeah. And Robert Goulet. I, yeah. I can't not see Will Ferrell. <laughs> <laughs> Goulet. <laughs> yeah. Huh. I I did I read that um, they originally were looking at Bill Pullman to play Adam or the Alec Baldwin character. I could I could totally see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he he'd have been good. He'd have been. Yeah. I mean, Alec Baldwin's good. I think he'd have been good too. Like the same. Well, what I think is interesting is Alec Baldwin, who can do so many impressions, it does like nothing, no shtick. Yeah. He's like totally straight. He's the straight movie. guy. Yeah, yeah. He's a straight guy. Yeah, yeah. totally. He's like, I'm going to put on a checkered shirt and some glasses and just be the husband. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. beginning, I don't know if I, rem- if I thought this one, you know, bef- when I first saw it, but. The beginning of showing the town and into the, you know, beca- becoming the model. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I could pick out where it changes, but that concept. And then there's a spider coming over the, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the beginning is good. Yeah. You know, it sets sure. it up. It gives you the, the sense of. What's, the, um, what's the I thing? also feel like the Danny Elfman score is like Danny Elfman's uh, music is unmistakably Danny Elfman. Mm-hmm. almost always not a, there's a couple here and there i've heard i was like oh that was danny elfman but for the most part it's so clearly him and this one um, probably more than anything else he's ever done is is appropriately danny elfman i think mm-hmm. like it his score for this is so good like yeah. it's so per, it's so perfectly fit to the to the to the movie <laughs> i'm laughing because of the the note that says instead of 
um, the Calypso stuff, they were going to do R&B music and, and <laughs> Renata Ryder was going to sing to a man, lo- when a man loves a woman at the end. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what? That's weird. Yeah, that's, that would not have worked. Yeah, no. yeah, the Calypso is so much better. I just, to yeah. this day, I hear those songs and I laugh. Like I, yeah. I, you know, they're in my Spotify, my massive list of you know five thousand songs, and you know, every now and then it comes on random, and I just like giggle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I can't. When you, yeah, for the for the music, it was, um, yeah, it just it, uh, one more thing. It's just like, you know, you always talk about lightning in the bottle, like. And you, you don't realize, like you say, you know, that's just your way of saying, hey, everything came together. But you don't realize mm-hmm. how many things are everything. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, because it, the music works the whole way through. Mm-hmm. You know, the scenery, the, you know, works the whole way through. Yeah. The, the, the characters work. It's, it's all that. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's and, it, you know, I think it's, it's interesting, too, because, like, Tim Burton, you know, he he was, he, he didn't know that the, he, you know, which music to choose. And he thought the Deo sequence wasn't that good. Right. And then it turns out to be like the thing that people can't forget. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, I, I don't know how much you guys read about this movie. And I mean, Sean, it sounds like we read the same things about how many different changes they had to the script and three different writers, you know, over mm-hmm. the time making it from a real horror movie to, something that's obviously a comedy. Right. Um, they were going to have a grim death scene when yeah. off the covered bridge. Yeah. And you, yeah. And you read, you read the things that got cut out and you're like, Oh, I'm so glad that wasn't in there. You know, like, <laughs> you know, you know, even, even the endings, you know, the different endings that they were going to have, um, you know, like there's no, like one of the alternative endings is that Lydia stays with them in the house and the parents move back to New York. Like that's not going to happen. Like, don't even try to, like, why would you try to put that out there, you know? And then, or then Tim Burton, like, just for some reason, I never saw an explanation. The original movie ends, and he decided after people started looking at it to attack on the scene with Beetlejuice getting his head shrunken. Yeah. Like, just random, you know? But it's just, you know, it's one more amusing moment. It's, it's, yeah, and I, I forgot that it was during the musical number. Like, she's she starts the, yeah. the number, and then... We st- and then we hear the little speaker playing mm-hmm. the the canned music, and then that scene, and then back to the music, back to the musical part. Like that's great. That's you know, yeah. you're not even phoning it in the end. You're like, okay, let's 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 jam some more stuff in here. Good stuff, you know. I didn't realize until this watching, because I'm an idiot, that the reason you see Maitland all over town is because they, I think you even said it in the synopsis that they own the hardware store, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an idiot. I didn't like, I didn't even think about that. Like he, they go into town, he's in the till. I was like, wow, it's just a really friendly town, I guess. Huh. <laughs> no dummy. It's Maitland because that's their name and they own the store. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, you we know, could do double ups, but this is there's a lot to yeah. go through. <laughs> we could also skip them. What? 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 <laughs> um, so, what do you think, Robin Williams as uh, as Beetlejuice? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Like yeah, the speed I mean, I'm sure... in which he makes jokes at the beginning, mm-hmm. like his his encore or not his debut scene i mean is mm-hmm. to, does have a lot of robin williams in it is you know just the yeah the yeah. mile a minute you know Manic uh, energy. Like, yeah exactly um yeah pretty impressive not not something i would have expected christopher lloyd or tim curry to do yeah um, which were options yeah what did Tim, Bur- Tim Burton see that convinced him to put Keaton in there? Um, I think it was the actual um, that they actually had him come and. Uh, oh, it wasn't a certain a, thing. No, it, he was he was recommended by I think one of the producers um, to have him come and audition for it. That's crazy because he, you know, he was Mr. Mom. He was gung ho. He was 
a pretty well-known commodity by then. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that his initial thought was no, that he wanted these other people. And then, um, yeah, that the producers, oh, here we go. It's, it's they credit Geffen himself as suggesting Keaton. Oh yeah, that's it, Geffen. And it said Burton, and he said Burton was unfamiliar with Keaton's work, but was quickly convinced. Yeah, good job, Geffen. Yeah, and and, and they also he also suggested Sam Kinison. <laughs> that, that would have been weird. <laughs> It'd be a lot more yelling. A lot of yelling. <laughs> it's a little bit of that. Ah, ah. <laughs> Could have done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Geffen, didn't they pass on the whole thing and Geffen picked it up? Um, yeah. yeah. Who passed on? Somebody didn't see it. Warner didn't Brothers. Passed Warner on Brothers. It. Wow. Yep. And that Ooh. whole thing about the... Um, well, they called Mike, Michael McDowell an executive and a, like he had the screenplay. He has the story. Of course, you know, Warren Skarin came in and, and spruced it up. But I, it was weird to see that little quote about him being an executive. Um, it says, co-author and producer Larry Wilson talked about the, oh, at, at Universal where he was employed at the time. And then, you know, he talks about working with Walter Hill and all this stuff. And they're like, oh, and he, and he said, oh, yeah, I, they, he, he had it on a Friday and on a Monday, the assistant called him and said, he wants to meet with you. And he said, oh, must have loved it. And then he's like, what are you doing with your career? <laughs> so it's just kind of weird. Like, wait a minute, is what's it? What is his career? I'm not really sure how that worked. And I'm not, you know, probably not interested enough to go look it up and figure out who this guy is. But it's weird to have like screenwriting credit and a producing credit. You know, that's yeah. a weird, weird movie business type stuff going on there. But yeah, so Larry Wilson was working as the director of development for Walter Hill at Universal when okay. he got the script and this, uh, he gave it to Walter and Walter was the one who was like, well, what in the world are you doing with your career? Oh, that was Walter's comment. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said this piece, this piece of weirdness, this is what you're going to go out to the world with. <laughs> yeah. Right. He said, here's, here's the quote, the rest of it. You're developing into a very good executive. You've got great taste in material. Why are you going to squander all that for this piece of shit? <laughs> <laughs> was basically what he said. Wow. <laughs> Shortly after that, we sold it to Geffen Company. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the thing is, is that what they were reading was a horror movie. They were not reading Beetlejuice. That's yeah. true. That's fair. You know? I mean, if you if you looked at the original and it was like, all that dark... T- sorry, go ahead. No, it's Just Tim Burton's turn. twist is like... Is, is like you know, coming off Pee Wee Herman, that you can say like, okay, how are you going to put Pee Wee Herman to a horror movie? You're not. You're going to, but you could definitely be like, well, Tim Burton's going to love some of these ideas. You know, pair, uh, uh, you know, a newbie couple who are totally innocent trying to work their way into the afterlife, and <laughs> you know, so it's, you know, and it touches on other little, you know, the other little things like, oh, the idea of like someone else moves into the house you love, and what do they do to it? You know, if you're, if you know, that's, that's an adult theme, you know? Yeah. Like, right. You know, if we all have that thought, like, oh, what about, what, you know, what's it like at the place I grow up? You know, it's, yeah. Anyway. It's totally, totally adult themes and that, and that PG rating is just crazy to me. <laughs> you, you know, it's, recent, how you've had the PG 13 out for a while. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just tamer. Maybe it's just the happy ending sort of thing and the. It's so fun and happy and you want, you know, they just didn't want to limit themselves to PG-13. But I, I just can't believe it. Can you imagine this movie getting a PG now? There's no way. I think it would now. Now everybody's used to everything. Yeah, there's no, it's not a lot of violence. There's not a lot of horrible stuff necessarily. There is death. We talk about, a lot about death. There's a lot of, you know, That's weird... every day in the news. Yeah, yeah I guess you're right. <laughs> Fine. We were just. It's PG. <laughs> this is good for any kid. As soon as, like, this should be like my first movie. Just... <laughs> like... Yeah, I laughed out loud though when he when he kicks the tree over and he goes, "Nice fucking model!" And he. <laughs> <laughs> 
gets me every time. Yeah. It's a good one. I did think of that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So this is number 88 on the AFI's uh, list of 100 best comedies. Hmm. Which is interesting because it puts other movies that we reviewed above it, like 9 to 5. It is mm-hmm. number 74. Beverly Hills Cop is number 63. We have not reviewed any of the top, let's see, uh, 20. Number 21 is A Fish Called Wanda. Hmm. Wow, that's our high as far as AFI. That's that's the highest we've gone on their comedy list. Yes, I'm almost now. Proud granted, of that. <laughs> the AFI list goes from like you know 1930 to whenever. Yeah, so right. there's a lot of movies that don't count. Like we we can't watch some like it hot. No, 1959 and review it, which but is their number one pick. Uh, that's a great. That's a great pick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of. Bizarre, I guess. It's, I mean, obviously it made a lot of money, right? It's, um, it, I thought the crazy thing was the 1 million for special effects. Out of a 15 million budget, you spent only 1 million. Mm. You know, yeah. I guess it's, you know, claymation. There's, um, you know, there's, there's stuff he can do that's pretty cheap, but the scale of it seems big. I guess I don't, I don't know why I think yeah, that. Yeah. But. I agree. Just making that model in the attic. Yeah. I feel like having having that model as sort of a, a minor MacGuffin really was smart because I feel like it, it, it gives you permission to have the hokey sort of stop motion effects. Yeah. To, to a certain extent. Or in, in, in not just that, but I mean, the tone of the film is such, and the way the, the set design is and everything like that, the, the stop motion stuff just works. Even if you don't have that model, but having that model and having them interact with it in the way they do, I feel like it just creates like this really interesting cohesive effect that yeah. instead of imperfect effects making the film flawed, it makes it better. Yeah, yes. Because it's, it's, it's totally playful and fake. Yeah. You know, they go into it. Like, yeah. It, that sets up the rest of the movie because as soon as the, the house transforms and you know, the fireplace is where the, the weird looking priest yeah. comes out. Like, yeah, it's the same thing. It's yeah. the model. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's what Roger Ebert missed or chose to ignore was that, you know, it's all very nice when they're alive. As soon as they die, the sky, the sky darkens, she, her hands on fire, you know, things start happening. That's again, bizarre, mm-hmm. but you know, we're in the afterlife now. Of course the, the tone is going to shift. Of course, you know, we're not, we're right. going we sat, we did, all the stuff before was set up. So, you know, he just didn't like the way it went. That's, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Idiot. He's <laughs> people yeah. can be wrong. We won't, we won't totally, you know, chastise him for it. Oh, I chastise, Maybe. chastise him every time I get, I mean, <laughs> I think he's totally harsh. And I, I mean, as saying saying that as someone who's been totally harsh on every movie we've talked about. So it's not pretty, it's not fair, but and he wasn't, he, yeah, he, he's not bad. He just, it's, there's, I guess there's just something about his attitude. Like he, he, um, like certain movies are beneath him. Maybe, I guess maybe that's not fair either. That's just the way I, I <laughs> he comes off to me. <laughs> Uh, it was Gene Siskel. He had, yeah, he's, he's where it's at. All right. <laughs> never mind. I did tend to agree with Siskel more, but, and for kids who have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. That was the, at the movies show from God knows how long ago. And they were two guys. They actually paid two guys, movie critics from the rival Chicago papers. And they went on TV and talked about the movies on TV, you know, just just two guys sitting in chairs, and then they give a thumbs up, thumbs down, and that was the basis for most people's opinion of movies for quite a while. Well, that's yeah. how the whole internet got started because people <laughs> are like, "Oh, we should have more than just two people talking about movies." Oh, I thought you were going to say like <laughs> hot or not, or like you know, up up or down, yes or no kind of thing. 
Well, it's sure, a little simplified, but people like simplified. So are any of these bit characters people who are double ups that we should know something else for? Mm, bit characters. I mean, the whole cast is a double up for us, I think. And Danny no, Elfman. I, and, um, but what, like, what, about, um, what about Gina Davis? I don't uh, think Did we do The her. Fly? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Shit, go. forgot about The Fly. Uh, Michael Keaton, we've done Batman. Catherine, Catherine O'Hara. Jeffrey Jones a couple times. Yeah, Jeffrey Jones, we've done three times now. No, 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 I don't I think we've done sure. uh, Catherine O'Hara. Oh, we yeah. Do. We haven't done anything. That's really? kind of interesting that we haven't. Really? I mean, she had a renaissance, too. She was sort of, you know, yeah. gone away oh, no, for a she's, while. No, she's in Wyatt Earp. Ah, oh, yeah. There nice. you go. Hold on. Yeah. No, but I'm, I was wondering, like the, um, you know, the the receptionist who had, you know, slit her wrist. Oh, Miss Argentina or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't recognize her. Um, I'm but, seeing yes. I'm seeing Eric LaSalle. What? See one of coming players? to America. Yeah. Isn't that weird? I wouldn't have noticed that if I hadn't looked at the cast just now. Ving Rhames, get out of here! Get out of here! Although I don't, I don't know. If Are you looking done at the before? wrong movie? <laughs> yeah. Am I mm-hmm. looking? Uh oh. Uh oh. Are you looking at the crap? Uh oh. I'm at looking. The no, I'm jumping ahead to my movie. Oh. <laughs> wow. Uh-oh. Hey, so guess what? Ving Rhames and <laughs> Eric Lasalle. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> um, firing on all cylinders today. All right, yeah. As far as as bit people, I couldn't. I don't think anyone stood out. And some of these people are in like Ace Ventura and a bunch of other stuff. Oh, dirty rotten scoundrels! <laughs> <laughs> Some good stuff here. Jack so they're making a sequel to this. We didn't cover that. It's right. supposed to come out next year uh, with the Jenny Ortega in it as the daughter of uh, Winona Ryder um, and the guy who's making Wednesday along with Tim Burton. Yeah. That's all I know. I told, told Amy that you picked it and it's a sequel. She's like, but not, to, you know, not, it's too early. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, we're the first, you know, we're the, <laughs> yeah. We gotta get people sight. Yeah. Oh, it's you know, I think I go through a lot of my life with a like, oh, I can't in six months or or a year there's gonna be such and such movie. And so now I feel like I you know, they announced this, I'm like, oh I got it. Like that's the movie I'm waiting for. You know. (laughs) Yeah. Because there's I mean there's other stuff that will come along that I'll wanna see, but like this is like, okay, please make it good. Please just be better. Like, just beat expectations a little bit, and it'll be great. You know. Yep. We're definitely going to see it, no matter what. So, of course, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, and I've already talked about PG, but I think you could you could be a kid. We were kids when we watched it. I don't think there's anything wrong with being a kid, mm-hmm. watching a little horror comedy fantasy movie, and it's not going to mess you up at all. Might even give you some some fun ideas for your future. Who knows? <laughs> I'm not going to elaborate. Have you ever watched the cartoon for this? No. Oh, yeah. Well, it was like, I have not. Did you? I've never seen it. Uh, me neither. I just... It was short-lived. Yes. And uh, there's a, a musical, right? Or a stage performance? Yeah. Uh, which failed because of COVID. Whoops. Uh. Yeah. For it, surprisingly, oh. it didn't come out that late. Yeah, we forgot. O- Otho is a double up, too. Otho, okay, from Heathers. Yes, oh, yeah, he loves his yeah, dead gay son. son. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yep, good, good, done. well done. Yes, <laughs> all right, what do we do next? Okay, as I mentioned, there's a couple of people you might have heard of in this movie, but 
the it's from 1990. Um, it's excuse me, it's. It's a director we probably haven't talked about. Oh, I'm sure we haven't talked about it. Oh, that there was it. You got it? Well, because we pretty much talked about all of them except for two. So, are we to believe it has Ving Rames, Rames and Eric LaSalle in it? Correct. But those is aren't it? major characters, so it's probably... Is, oh. Oh, go ahead. So it's, not, it's not Rosewood? It's not Rosewood. Hmm. The director is named Adrian Lin? Lin? Adrian Lin, yeah. Lin? Okay. Yeah, Adrian Lin. Um. <sighs> don't really know Adrian Lin, but uh, I'm uh, usually thrillers. <laughs> Adrian Lin, I think, um, directed I see Fatal uh, Attraction. Fatal Attraction, yeah. Unfaithful. Yeah. I've seen all these movies. Jeez. Yeah. Alita. Um. Yeah. So I don't. I guess this isn't even considered one of Adrian Lin's top movies, but um, I remember seeing it back in the day, and I haven't seen it since. So it's. Yeah, at least I've seen it. <laughs> uh, sometimes I go a, a little crazy with my picks, but this is a at least something that's in our wheelhouse. You know, it's a, something we've probably all seen from the '90s, and be interesting to see if it holds up. Um, what else can I tell you? It's 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 drama. It's um, is the main character a double up? Yes. Is he in a movie with Clint Eastwood? Probably. I don't think. Oh, okay. Not who I'm thinking. Who are you thinking? You're thinking. Who's of... the oh, just so you know, J.J. Saunders, who is the moving man, the, the guy moving the furniture when they're moving in in Beetlejuice. Yeah, was in Thief as well. Ooh. Oh, well. Yeah. Dang, digging wow. deep. That was a late one from my my Interns? sleepy uh, intern. Yeah. Well. So. <clears throat> anyway, yeah. So who, like, like, who's the lead in this? So we're doing okay. it through. Uh, we're doing, yeah, drama, sort of a drama mystery. What it, where, I just had it up and I just moved away from it. Um, the lead is Tim Robbins. Is it Jacob's Ladder? It's Jacob's Ladder. Oh, hmm. good. I've wanted to see that again. I, yeah, I think I saw that in the theater when it came out. I haven't seen it since. Yeah. And I have yeah. very fond memories of it. Yeah, I remember Me liking too. it too. I, I, we'll see. You know, They remade that recently, didn't they? Did they? I think they did. That's bizarre. Yeah. I didn't see it. Um, Joseph's Ladder, looks like it's, a, it's available on Prime. Uh, oh, Prime Paramount. Oh, yeah. It says Sweet. also 2019. What the heck? Yeah, it's I remade remember... in 2019. I'm going to have to watch the remake now because... <laughs> That's gonna annoy me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So some reason Jacob's ladder, my mind, is like squished together with serpent and the rainbow. Hmm. Yeah, I know what you mean about that. And they didn't come to, out at the same time. Is it because but of the cover? Watch... Like the 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 like the poster, or the or the or the tape cover? Do you think maybe they are kind of similar? Well, I think Jacob's um... ladder is sort of a blurry photo of Tim Robbins, right? Right, yeah. but isn't Serpent in the Rainbow like a picture of Bill Pullman all sort of his mouth open looking fucked up? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but not blurry. But not blurry, um, just white. Right, doesn't right. look pale as hell? Yes, he does. So it's kind of similar. But I think I watched, no, I, I think it's more like watching one on VHS around the same time that the other came out. Mm -hmm. And like just kind of, <laughs> they're both, if I remember, they're both a little weird. Oh, yeah. Uh, just and a little teaser here. See, I used I used to always sort of conflate Jacob's Ladder and Dead Ringers when we were young. Uh, uh, also, Ringers. because I think the the covers are sort of similar. A little bit. I don't know. I why. just thought you were going to say the confusion and um, horror and yeah. I mean, know, well, there's that too. Craziness, the fever right. dream mm -hmm. feel of it. Now I was looking at the the Rotten Tomatoes for the remake is four percent. Whoa, <laughs> that that's that's not good. Nearly unanimous. Yeah. that's like having a ninety-six percent. Like you're like, I can't believe this many ninety-six percent of people agree that that movie is bad. <laughs> that's pretty. Maybe I potent. don't need to that see the remake. We'll see. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah, I mean, just depends how many hours you want to waste of your life. 
Yeah, but it's a 35 by the audience score. The four is only the, the, yeah, the critics. The critics. Oh, what do critics know? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, a third of Who would listen to anyone review good. a movie? I mean, <laughs> w- would people actually listen to what people have to say? No, you just go on and see it. I think the thing is, when people see a movie and they're just reg- they're just audience like us, they're, the sunk cost, you know, the sunken cost of watching a movie is going to make you think, well, yeah, but it had some redeeming qualities. When you're a critic, you're you're gonna see it regardless. So you're gonna shit on it if you don't like it. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I had to watch this damn movie. You guys are gonna hear about it, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's explains right. part of the discrepancy. Well, for like yeah, but at a thirty five, you could be like, Well, thirty five percent of people had their first date for this movie, so they're like and they married that person, so <laughs> you know. Like, oh, it's our movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Right, and that's sure. That's how roughly, it works. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm not married. What do I know? All right, that's enough movie buff. I'm out of here. All right. Yeah. Join us. Oh, before I leave, we didn't even talk about how eminently quotable this movie. Oh is. yeah. Yeah. We totally. could, like, this is a movie from the '80s that makes it into having its own gifts to this day yeah 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 it's not that we couldn't think of any it's just that you know you just we'd just be sitting around spitting in quotes i guess mm-hmm yep it sound even less coherent than we usually do or at least i'll speak for myself i would sound less coherent i say you that guys you and me shop at the same store all the time at work <laughs> People don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, just from that scene, you could pick about ten quotes. You know, this... yeah. <laughs> Zagnut. Just for for some reason, like speaking of quotes, you know his the bit where he's like, "Well, I attended Juilliard," and I, you know, that part where he asks he's qualified. Like, it's that. awesome. And his transition into his normal yeah. voice is so fucking great. But I don't know why this fucking kills me. But when he says, "I lived through the Black Plague." And then he says, I had a pretty good time doing that. I don't know why. I think that's so funny. That's my favorite part of that quote. I had a pretty good time doing that. I like the way he moves his mouth when he says Juilliard. Juilliard. So good. Yeah. Yeah. And I like how The Fly quotes the movie The Fly. The original (laughs) The Fly. You know, help me. Yeah, if you have somehow have not seen Beetlejuice, see it. You you won't yeah. be disappointed. Yeah, indeed. I mean, of, of all the movies reviewed, this is not their best review, but probably the best movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, with the exception of a handful of others. But this is the one I'll watch the most. <laughs> yeah. All right, that that checks out. Yeah. Oh, one other so thing. Far. One other thing. Weirdly enough, before I watched it. Two days before I watched it again, I I totally fucking dropped the. She's just upset that someone dropped a house on her sister, <laughs> and I had actually forgotten that it was from Beetlejuice when I said it. <laughs> yeah, anyway. there you go. It comes out of you like <laughs> like the like the vomit in the Exorcist, which we've seen 167 times. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now we're done. Now we're going to climb Jacob's ladder. Please join us. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to Beetlejuice. Almost called Scared Sheetless. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God. It's true. That was supposed to be true. a joke. It was oh. a joke. Oh, boy. I mean, Tim Burton suggested it because they were going to call it like Ghost House, House or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, scared Sheetless. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Just because we're still talking about quotes. <laughs> yeah. Home, home, When you home. Google Beetlejuice quotes, there's a yeah. site that says 70 best Beetlejuice quotes. Is this that all of them? Like 70. <laughs> yeah, come, on. <laughs> come on. What other movie are you going to quote 70 things from? 70 best, yeah. <laughs> what didn't make the cut? <laughs> every line in the movie. Line. Right. That's like the whole script. Yeah, the only thing they cut was that old guy talking about giving the guy a haircut. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I, I, like that. was, I like that. Hair <laughs> down to his shoulder. <laughs> I love that she's being totally serious, the caseworker, and she's got smoke coming out of her neck. I mean, it just doesn't even acknowledge it. Just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. All right. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Our brains have truly fused into one. <laughs> you read my mind. So few people are able to read my mind. They're just not open experience. <laughs> All right. Our sponsors are giving me the signal that we need to stop. Okay, we know what my bumper sticker is, what my t-shirt is. These aren't my rules. Come to think of it, I don't have any rules. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Okay, I gotta go. All right. Peace. Bye, everybody. See you in the afterlife. If you can't trust VH1's pop-up video, what can you trust?